1: The Late Lunch with
2: Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Kappen. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance
1: and 48-hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.
4: You're very welcome to Thursday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's get straight to business today and welcome back to the show, a regular guest of ours from the beginning of the pandemic up until quite recently. He's head of the Department of Biology, director of the Human Health Research Institute at Manute University. I'm delighted to say hello again to Professor Paul Miner. Hello, Paul.
3: Good afternoon, Jerry. Good to chat with you again, and good to
4: talk to you too. Well, Paul, you're with us because uh, another virus has people uh, quite anxious—the monkey box virus. That anxiety, Paul. Could I ask you this? Is it is it to do perhaps with with COVID itself that we're just you know radar up to everything?
3: Yeah, I think we're more aware. Like having come through the pandemic over the last two years, I think we're more attuned and. Um, even in terms of our surveillance, our surveillance uh, methods and our ability to be able to pick up some of these infections that have been heightened. Um, so let's say we hadn't to experienced COVID over the last two years, this probably wouldn't be getting the attention that it's currently getting. So I think our awareness is and our sensitivities are certainly uh, heightened. But nonetheless, it's a good thing. It's a good thing as well that we're picking these cases up, that we're picking them up early, and it shows that our detection systems uh, are indeed uh, working well. Uh, I suppose in this case there's monkeypox is not new, so it's sort of endemic in certain parts of Africa, West and Central Africa, and there's slightly different uh, strains of that. Uh, but we are probably seeing unusual in terms of the numbers. The numbers tend to be very, very small. These numbers, they're still, they're still relatively small. We're certainly not looking at numbers that we've become accustomed to with respect to COVID. But overall, yeah, it's probably due to a mix of unusually high numbers, maybe outbreaks, at quite a modest level and also that increased awareness and that our surveillance systems working very well.
4: We know about it, it's around uh, quite a time and there are vaccines aren't there for this one?
3: Well there are vaccines in the sense that it's related to the so smallpox, smallpox yes. is it's the only human disease actually and human virus that we've actually managed to eradicate. So from that and one of the big reasons, there are a number of reasons why we were able to eradicate uh, smallpox, so the DNA virus doesn't really mutate It doesn't really have an animal reservoir, but also we had a very good uh, vaccine for it. And that vaccine actually works against monkeypox. So it gives about 85% protection against monkeypox. And some of these vaccines and smallpox vaccines are still in existence. In fact, there was a stockpiling of them around the the, the time of the attacks on 9-11, Uh, So countries like US built up very large stockpiles, billions of doses of the smallpox uh, vaccine. And the reason there was that they had a fear at that stage that the smallpox actually could be used as part of bioterrorism. But these these vaccines, yes, they do and they do work against uh, monkeypox. There are also some, there's one, licensed treatment, uh, antiviral treatment for uh, monkeypox. So between the antivirals and the vaccines, yes, there are... um, approaches there in terms of being able to to deal with it.
4: So we're going to see nothing like uh, what happened with COVID when we had nothing to fight it initially. Yeah,
3: I, say- I, I think the other thing, Jerry's is say, say is that it doesn't transmit as well as mm. COVID. Um, and a really important point is that one of the reasons why we've struggled a lot with COVID is in terms of it transmits really well, but also on many occasions we can't see the virus. We can't see in terms of how it manifests Yes, we can get those respiratory symptoms, but they are shared as well with many other cold viruses. Whereas you look at the monkeypox, like smallpox, it was very clear in terms of who has been infected. So You get this skin rash followed by this blistering, these pustules, these sort of skin lesions. That incubation period from time of infection to presentation of those symptoms can take up to between five and 20 days. So by the time people become infectious, it's very clear in terms of who has got the virus so mm. then they can be isolated people who have been in close contact with them you can perform a process called ring vaccination so rather than vaccinate the entire population you can specifically vaccinate those people who've been in Who've been in contact with uh, in uh, positive cases? So again, that gives you it's it, it's easier to control than uh, COVID.
4: Yeah, good to hear. I uh, saw the uh, head of Pfizer quoted in, in, in this morning uh, saying uh, about monkeypox that look uh, th- that situation will not will not at all mirror what happened with COVID. But he went on to say that we should be more concerned about uh, new COVID strains and those that could potentially evade vaccines.
3: Yeah, so if you look at two variants that have been in the news lately, uh, BA4 and BA5, and they're actually sub of Omicron. They're essentially Omicron with some small number of changes. Um, one of them, BA4, has already been detected in Ireland. Uh, to my knowledge, BA5 hasn't been detected as of yet. Uh, one of the reasons why it's in the news is that it transmits even better than the previous forms of Omicron. Not so much that it transmit better, but they're a little bit different, and the spike protein that we generate an immune response against. It's a little bit different so they can potentially bypass some of our antibodies. And in a vaccinated population, that gives it a selective advantage in terms of being able to uh, transmit better. But important to say, Jerry, again, our vaccines and prior exposure is still giving us reasonably very good protection against serious illness from the virus. So you may see this where it increases numbers and increased rates of transmission, but again, the vaccines are still doing a pretty good job in terms of protecting us against serious illness.
4: Where do you see the path of vaccination going, Paul? Uh, we're, we're into summertime. You might think it with the blinking weather that's out there, but we, we are in summertime and like the next few months uh, in general terms, you know, longer days, people outdoors, better weather. But beyond that, we know the 65s and over are getting another booster. What, what do you see as the path forward for the general population?
3: I think we'll probably see something like the flu vaccine in that we will see probably annual boosters. Some would advocate maybe more frequent boosters, but I'm not quite sure in terms of the value of them. I think very selective and targeted uh, booster campaign related to age, maybe people over, uh, over 60s, immunocompromised, those with underlying conditions. I certainly think it makes sense in terms of boosting there. So what does boosting give you? Well, it it boosts your antibodies especially. So that gives you, for a period of time, reasonably good protection against getting infected. But with waning immunity, now waning part of the immunity in terms of our antibodies drop off, so after a number of months, you become susceptible to infection again. But more importantly, you also have another form of immunity, these T cells, that if you are infected, they will go in and kill any cells that are infected by the virus. And that's why vaccines are protecting us against serious illness. So I think over time, you're probably going to see waves of this uh, virus. We may not be aware of it as much because it's not, we're not really reporting daily cases now or at least on a daily basis. So we may not be aware of it as much. And I think the, the indices and the parameters that you really look out for is what effect, what impact is it having on our health system? And that's probably going to be more prevalent and more visible during over the winter months, because that's typically, you know, the respiratory, viral season, flus, colds, things like that. And the health system comes under under a lot of um, uh, challenge at, at that time of year. I, I've said before in this program, there, I think there's a large degree of seasonality with the virus. And I think that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing very low numbers at the moment, especially in terms of hospitalizations. That's not to say we can't see some waves during the summertime. Mm. It just means seasonality transmission. We're more outside, probably your immunity a little bit better during the summer periods. So it makes it more difficult for the virus to transmit. But this transmits so well, you may still see some transmission, but the peaks and the size of those peaks are probably going to be greater over the winter months. But again, coming back to most of the population now being vaccinated, have been boosted. Some of the over 65s, the immunocompromised, those are underlying conditions. Will also have received a second booster, and that should give good protection and, importantly, vaccination as a whole, and indeed prior infection. Like many, many people have got it now, Jerry, so that will enhance yes. as well our immunity. And that's how we come out of all pandemics. We come out of all pandemics because of our immunity. And thankfully, in this case, most of that immunity has been gained by vaccination. If we had not the vaccines, unfortunately, we would have had to go through that attrition where immunity would have been gained by having been exposed to the virus so that's obviously the great advantage of having had the vaccines. Mm,
4: true in, in general terms and in world terms and I know you would have your finger more on the pulse here we we heard the WHO saying that until you know uh, countries who you know were left behind when it came to vaccination poorer countries uh, countries w- w- with the inability perhaps to, to acquire the vaccines until that was you know uh, grasped and dealt with that this would still be an issue for all of the world. What's happening? And we don't hear much about that either now.
3: You don't, Jerry, because unfortunately, and and there was like, and it still is a great element of vaccine inequity in terms of getting access and affordability of uh, vaccines. Um, Some of that has been resolved, but also some of it has been, unfortunately, People have been exposed to the virus, and immunity has been gained through that. And you know there has been obviously collateral damage with that in terms of people getting seriously ill, and sadly uh, many people dying. So ultimately, we get out of the pandemic by immunity, preferably by being vaccinated. But in some cases where vaccine uptake was very low, so something it was the case earlier in the like Hong Kong, where the vaccine uptake for some reason in the elderly actually had been very low. And they've been very good in terms of the rate of infections were very low. But then they had a peak and then death rates were very, very high. So in those cases where there are waves, where people have not been vaccinated, unfortunately, the fatality rate and the number of people ending up seriously ill will be quite significant. But the virus has spread now, and especially Omicron has spread so much and so efficiently that most people will have been exposed or infected this, by this virus. If you look at countries like China, that's sort of been in the news in terms of it's still trying to adopt this zero COVID mm. policy, which sort of surprises me. But they've done a very good job in terms of suppressing transmission of the virus. But now it's been it's proved very, very problematic because of the Omicron it transmits so well. So the zero COVID uh, approach, in my view, I don't quite understand in terms of what they're trying to do, because I think the secret is and the approach is to vaccinate everybody. And the vaccination will then give you uh, protection. So, and I know some people, even a couple of people from my own lab, who've been with me for a number of years, and they returned to China there a couple of months ago, and it's been very tough for them. You know, in Shanghai, and uh, you know there's very, very strict lockdown, and that's been very difficult, I think, for for people there. So. I'm not convinced in terms of zero COVID, you you could possibly have argued for it if you knew a vaccine was coming, like New Zealand did, essentially locked down and tried to get to this zero COVID stage. But in the situation now where we have vaccines, I think vaccines is is certainly the way and and the tool to use uh, It's the most effective tool we have in terms of dealing with the pandemic.
4: And finally, Paul, like, uh, try to uh, anticipate what might come over the horizon. Do you believe that you know the pandemic and the way it's been dealt with and the lessons learned will you know set us fair to deal with potentially other serious uh, outbreaks and viruses that may come away? Will the learnings be of benefit?
3: Yeah, I think I think some of them will, Jerry. I think some of the things that we should um, learn is that we need to be very aware and our surveillance systems need to be very strong so that if something does appear and if a new virus or a novel virus or a bacteria or whatever appears, we should certainly have the surveillance systems in place to be able to pick them up uh, early. So I think that's recognised now and, you know, the WHO has has said that. The WHO as well are hoping that countries will buy into a sort of more concerted effort in terms of how to deal and that there was a global response to this in an integrated manner rather than sort of going piecemeal and each country going off and doing their own thing. So I I think some lessons have been learned. Some, Jerry, unfortunately even despite the fact that we've been through two years of this in terms of some of the interventions and more what we would describe as the non-pharmaceutical interventions, so those separate from antiviral drugs, from vaccines like lockdowns and things like that very difficult even when you look at the data to discern which aspects of those various restrictions work best Um, and so you probably would have expected that there would be clearer data on that but you know you're in in the midst of an emergency over two years there are difficulties and have been challenging in terms of doing those studies so that in future we would know what restrictions could be more targeted rather than um, you know crude lockdowns could we have a more targeted approach and again it's difficult to say it's difficult to be very specific in terms of which restrictions work best but certainly in terms of learning from our surveillance systems being able to pick up these viruses very early on I think the biggest positive thing that came from the pandemic was how there was enormous collaboration especially in terms of generating the viruses in such a short time period and I think if we could learn some of those lessons where rather than people and companies and countries competing against each other If there could be a more collaborative effort there I think not only for COVID and not only for infectious diseases but in terms of other disease states cancer things like that I think it the greater collaborative effort there would have enormous impact.
4: Oh, absolutely. Paul, always great to hear you. And I can tell you a fan club are on to us here to say great to have you back and your reassuring words were always welcome. I know that uh, through the couple of years of the pandemic. Paul, have a good summer. Thank you for joining us again.
3: Uh, Thank you, Jerry.
4: Take care. Bye-bye. That's Professor Paul Moyna, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. I see Steve Wall uh, has uh, waded into the, uh, the debate about uh, Irish talent and Irish music on radio stations across the country. And he's not happy, to be honest with you. Great guy, plays with the walls, and of course, the stunning. Anyway, we've uh, been working on Irish music away here in recent times. Remember, we had a competition recently and we uh, play an element of Irish music, of course, on late lunch every single day and across the radio as well. But Steve feels it could be better. There should be more. Anyway, Steve, on LMFM Radio this afternoon, just for you, let's have a listen to this. Ahead of Daniel O'Donnell, after two. Yes, it's The Stunning.
1: We
4: Oh, I'm delighted to have him back with me on the show and I know many of you out there listening today are too and he's back on the stage and we're going to talk about a big concert coming up early in June. Daniel O'Donnell, hello again.
5: Hello, Terry. How are
4: you doing? I'm doing really well and even better to hear your lovely voice. Today. Daniel, can I start on a serious note? I'm really sorry to hear of the passing of your sidekick, Joe Collum, Daniel. No,
5: I know Joe. Uh, we had his funeral on Monday and he, he died a very suddenly really um, last week uh, we certainly weren't expecting it and as you know as you said Joe was was with me from 1987 and drove me everywhere and was my road manager and everything I needed Joe made sure it was right you know and he was he was a great a, a great friend as well as a work colleague and um you know, it's it's just it's hard to believe that he's that he's gone. You know, just so hard to believe.
4: Yeah, really. Uh, sudden, as you say, and you'll miss him dearly. Remember him fondly, and I just wanted to offer our sympathies to yourself, his family, and friends.
5: Uh, thanks very much, thanks, Jerry. I mean, I suppose he had a lovely send-off on on uh, you know the day of his funeral on on Monday, and. Yeah. Uh, we were we were all blessed to be able to be there.
4: Well, I mentioned at the start there uh, this concert coming up in the Pro Cathedral. What a beautiful, beautiful venue it is on Monday the 6th of June in the afternoon at 3 o'clock. And you're doing this totally for charity. The Peter McVerry Homeless Trust and the Dogs Aid Animal Rescue, Daniel. Obviously, you they're close to your heart, both.
5: Well, I mean I'm I'm not a I've never met, you know, Father McVerry, but obviously like everybody else I'm very aware of the great work that he does with the homeless and um it's an opportunity for me to be able to to do something to to help his charity as well as Linda Martin is very involved in the welfare of animals and down through the years, you know, she has on numerous occasions, you know, asked me to do bits and pieces, and uh, Joe actually worked with Linda, and not, I suppose, a while ago, you know, he arranged that I get pictures taken with little dogs that Linda had, she was promoting something, so, uh, you know, I, I spoke, or speak, the last time I spoke to Joe, he says, you're doing a concert at last for Linda, mm. and I said, we are, we're, we're, you know, doing the one on the Pro Catedral for 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 Linda, and she's very involved with Father McFerry too. Obviously, she's our, our link between the two charities. Yes. So it's it's something that I'm glad to be able to do. I'm always delighted to get the opportunity to sing in a church. Mm. It's it's something very special. And, you know, I've never sung in a pro so I'm looking forward to it and just hope that people will, you know, uh, want to come out and support the charities on the day.
4: Ah, they will. It's the bank holiday Monday, folks, the 6th of June, and it's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If you just check it out, uh, if you Google Daniel there, or uh, the Pro Cathedral, or the McVerry Trust, or Dog's Aid, you'll find out all about it. It's all over the place at the moment, and you can go in and order your tickets there. And you have the beautiful Hallelujah Choir with you as well, Daniel. Yeah,
5: they're going to be there, uh, and they'll be doing some, well, they'll be doing some stuff on their own, and I've band, and, you know, the couple of, back and singers as well and um, I always think in, in, a, in, a, in a church show like that that the, the, the people that are there uh, are like a choir as well because the music is, is definitely to be somewhere along with and um, it's it's uh, said about the
6: afternoon I was my
5: suggestion to have it in the afternoon I thought on a bank holiday it might be nice to get You know, to be able to come out in the afternoon, you know, especially if somebody doesn't like to come out at night. um, And from your point of view, I know people have taking the train from the north up to the station and way back after the concert so it's like, yes. it's like a day out in Dublin
4: <laughs> Absolutely with Daniel thrown in for good measure in, in the afternoon uh, it's going to be fantastic it really is on the bank holiday Monday June 6th Pro Cathedral Daniel topping the bill uh, uh, recently as well just something to come back to you did that amazing climb of Crookpatrick Patrick uh, with the wonderful Charlie Bard and it really touched you
5: Oh, it was an amazing experience. I suppose the whole country really was was touched by Charlie and is touched by Charlie and about just the incredible, you know, energy and the, the selflessness of him and his, you know, difficult period, the most difficult period of his life or, you know, that anybody could ever face, you know, what he's facing now, to be able to turn it around and do something so positive that will benefit others into the future is quite incredible. And I suppose that day um, the country was united. It's not often that all over the country people are doing something together. And I, I, I would say, I could hazard a guess that 80% of the people, uh, if not more, were aware of it. And I'm sure almost as many were involved somewhere walking, be it up a hill or on a flat piece of land or up a mountain, it didn't matter. And certainly, you know, all of us that were at Crowpatrick were just, you were, you had to be touched by Charlie and, a, you know, by his wife and just the, the effort they put in. And then, you know, when I was up on the mountain, I, I ended up being like the MC. And as we were, you know, going through the, the, the programme of events up there, Vicky Phelan came on the phone. There were friends of hers who had done the claim, and her name, because she wasn't able to, to, to be there in person, no. and some of her family and friends. And she was on the phone to one of her friends, and we were able to put her on the loudspeaker into the mic, conversing with me, conversing with Charlie, talking to the people. It was... It was amazing, the mm. whole
4: thing. Oh, fantastic. What a, a day uh, never to forget and the monies raised have been just enormous all over the country. Fantastic. Well, it
5: has, certainly. And you know, as I suppose, the thing about it is these are difficult times for everybody, you know. It's, it's difficult. I know that lots of people are suffering, and I suppose. We always think, too, that the, the p- charities like what we're doing now for the homeless and that and the folk, either either. Uh, In difficult times, it's even more difficult for these charities, Mm. you know. Mm. And I suppose that's why I feel privileged to be able to, to do something, you know, for them. I'm doing something on the second for Andrew McGinley. Uh, As well, he's raised money, and everybody knows his plate too. Yes. And he's raised money to keep the memory of his children. But those, that's all done and dusted. But I I think, you know, to be able to do bits and pieces for charity, you know, either at a big level or at a local level is was a great privilege
4: Ah, so true so true and uh very important to keep that to the forefront of our minds well you're back uh in the saddle so to speak performing because i just see beyond this in august you're at the inec killarney it's oh. been cancelled a couple of times it's on from the 25th to the 28th you're up in derry the end of august beginning september usa uk and then branson missouri in november it's all happening Yes, yes.
5: Hopefully, all these things will happen, and they will. I mean, Killarney, as you say, has been three. This is our third attempt, mm. and uh, now we will definitely get it done this year. and looking forward to it. Um, there's so, uh, some tickets left. You know, obviously, with all the the reads again, there was tickets returned and tickets. You know, so, but I think the Saturday night is sold out, but there's a few tickets left for the other nights just in case people are interested in going. And obviously, because the are returns, you probably will get good tickets, um, you know, if, if, you, if you were wanting to go. And then, Derry uh, is a recorded show for American television as mm. well. So, mm. it's a kind of a two way thing. But then, next summer, hopefully, we'll be back. Doing shows all around the country, so I'm sure the TLT will get a scotch. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> Great stuff. Looking forward to that, indeed. Any golf? I'm a wee bit, you know. I'm kind of I'm kibbing away. <laughs> <laughs> I said before I won't be playing you for a fiver. That's for sure.
5: <laughs> oh, uh, I'm actually playing. Last year I played with the legends. The 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 you know the people the older golfers had a have a competition. It's mostly like the Champions Tour. And America. And Paul McGinley brought it to Recepina and I played. I was like a donkey, but anyway, never mind that. And I'm doing that again this August. Uh, They have a a four-day event and I'm playing in it again. So I I do know this. I I have a a hard neck to go out with professionals, and you know we we played off the same tees that they played off. Sure, I was in the rough. I was like, <laughs> I would have needed, I would have needed a swimmer with me. To find the ball, you know. But anyway, um, it was good fun and a great experience. I'm,
4: I'm doing that again this summer. It's just a bit of fun. Ah, oh, fantastic. Oh, look at hey, golf. It's a wonderful game for all ages, well, and all abilities. I was off for a couple of weeks there. My daughter got married, and I actually, the first week before the wedding, I was up in Royal Port Rush, Daniel. Oh, oh that's no mean feat. Of course. Oh, it's a tough, tough course. I cried the
5: whole
4: was around us. <laughs> Well, we played it in 45 kilometre wins, I can tell you. Oh, mother of God. Anyway, we got round. That was the main thing and and enjoyed it so much. You you understand, I'm sure you know yourself when you play it, why it is an open championship course. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It really is. Um, and, um, you know, I have a, something for you to do with me before you go. Will you wish Tia Carlin from Carrick Macross, she's 50 today and she loves you, will you wish her a happy well, birthday? You, happy
5: birthday. I hope you have a, you're having a great day and many happy returns, Yeah.
4: You. Daniel, you're a star. Thank you so much for taking our call. and oh, uh, Thank
5: you for the opportunity. And again, I appreciate you promoting the. The concert and the Pro Cathedral. I, I go out of my way to promote these charity events, just trying to get as much for the charity as we can.
4: Absolutely. Tickets available from eventbrite.ie or from the uh, parish office there at the Pro Cathedral. Check it out. Daniel, until the next time, have a great summer. Bye bye. Take care of yourself. Bye bye.
1: Way too late I don't care what they say other lovers do I just want to dance with you Well, I got a feeling that you got a heart like mine So let it show and let it shine If we get a chance to make one heart of two I just want to dance with you I want to dance with you Whirl you all around the floor. That's what they invented dancing for. I just want to dance with you. I want to dance with you. (laughs) Hold you in my arms once more. That's what they invented dancing for. I just want to
4: Is there anybody who doesn't just love a strawberry and in particular an Irish strawberry in season? I simply adore them and we're heading to Glencar near a Toton County Mead now to talk to a man who grows them. Simon Donnelly, hello. How are you, Jerry? How's things? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show today. First of all, do you grow them in the soil, in the ground, or up off the ground, as a lot of growers do? You know, on uh, uh, they feed them. They're not really in soil.
6: Yeah, no. So we grow them years ago. We would have grown them in the ground, but it's sort of changed, as you said. It's nearly all in grow bags now, up on bench systems. Okay. Save the back even on anyone working, and it saves uh, probably... Issues with them, with weather and everything. And yes. Talking, so everything is nearly inside nowadays.
4: Okay, so you're growing indoors, in tunnels, up off the ground, in grow bags, and you're dead right. I, I, I'm sure you remember the days of growing them in the ground. God almighty, it was a challenge, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, well, outside it would have been years ago, with is yeah. here, but uh, in latter years then we grew them inside in the yes. soil, but again, there was huge issues with that. So the grow bags seemed to be... The answer to a lot of problems.
4: The way to do it, up off the ground. Um, and you're not then uh, behoving to weather or pests or, or things like that. It's it's a win-win, isn't it?
6: Well, it is a win-win. You can still have other issues with pests yeah. and things, but uh, birds can obviously still attack them with mm. bags. It's hard to keep them out. Um, but yeah, it, it it eliminates a lot of problems with uh, coming up off the ground. And again, with staff, is a huge issue. So if you ask young people to come down and bend their back all day, yes, they don't want to do it like years ago. Mm. They had no choice but to do it, but mm. uh, it just saves that issue.
4: Of course it does. Your pickers, uh, uh, you mentioned young people and that. Is it still uh, young Irish people, or do you have to go elsewhere to get pickers? Um, we
6: employ some local people, some kids, but to be honest, years ago when they were in the ground, maybe it was easier to a certain extent because they just picked them and then the tractor work worked the rest. Yeah. But nowadays as you say when they're in the grow bags inside somebody has to bring all those grow bags in mm. and somebody has to bring them back out. Yeah. So there's a lot of intense labor involved in that so it eliminates a lot of younger people that it's it's a hard work. So yes. it's not really for your years ago like your 13, 14, 15 year old. Yeah it puts them out of the equation to a certain extent.
4: Okay, so it is a, it's a job for for an adult, really, rather than, you know, school children or, or things like that, as it was years ago. What varieties or variety do you grow? So we would have
6: been predominantly Alsante over the years, and we've changed a little bit now to, um, well, nearly everybody has changed to Centenary, which is the new variety, if you want to call mm. it. the perfect shape, perfect colour, The issue with that probably is, and we're discovering it now at the moment, is it doesn't overwinter maybe and crop the following year as good as El Santa may have done. So you have a huge drop back in, with the same plant from last year, you have a huge drop back in the amount of sorbity you're picking this year from the same plant.
4: Okay, so I was going to ask you that. Out of a, a plant, El Santa, you'd get a couple of seasons, would you, with this one, the question mark now?
6: Yeah, there's a big question mark and some growers have moved away from it along with ourselves, but we have kept a few from last year and we're just finished picking them now and they haven't cropped the way we would have liked Okay. so okay. maybe next year we may, may not keep any plants over winter but El Santa would have cropped well the second year but this, this centenary does not seem to be as good there is other variety mm. also that's been tried and look some of them produce huge big fruit and big volumes of fruit big uh, amounts but the taste is not there with them so yes. we try and avoid them to be honest even mm. though there might be more might be more volume coming from your plant yeah
4: yeah what about the season you're in tunnels uh, which is a huge help with the Irish weather conditions when will your first uh, strawberries uh, mature redden and and when does the season finish
6: so so we'd pa- we'd start picking roughly around the second week of May first second week of May depending on uh, weather and then we'll try and plant then so we'll plant throughout the season probably you create about three to four weeks from each plant. Mm. So you're trying to plant the same amount of plants every three or four weeks, okay. so that you have the same amount for your shops. Mm. As the season goes on, you're trying to pick the same amount from to supply your your shops.
4: And it'll finish up when? When do you crop last?
6: Uh, generally, again, weather pending, end of September into October. Okay. We even got into November one year, but mm. generally. You're nearly tidied up by the end of September, October.
4: You can't beat the Irish strawberry, and I know I'm I'm preaching to the converted here. But you know, in winter time of the year, I see those things in shops that don't even have that bright, vibrant red. They're even darker, and they come from the other side of the world. You might as well be eating cardboard, in my opinion.
6: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people I, I wouldn't even buy them to be honest. If I yeah. seen them for nothing, I wouldn't take them up. They, yeah. just, they don't have the same. You can't, as you said yourself, you can't beat an Irish strawberry. And even when you get them in, like sometimes you see them during the Irish season and you still see them coming in from other countries. But you just can't beat the taste of the Irish like.
4: Oh, It's, it's fantastic. Now, interestingly, just stepping back a bit, during the pandemic, of course, you had challenges as well, like uh, all of the rest of us. Uh, you've always had uh, the egg vending machine going well for you there on the farm. But you, 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 you sw- swapped over the strawberries and it, it went down a bomb. Yeah,
6: so when COVID hit, um, a lot of our strawberries would have went to um, restaurants in Dublin and that. Yeah. So we had one guy who would have supplied a lot of restaurants. So as soon as COVID hit, that outlet was gone. Mm. So we came up with the idea of uh, the egg vending machine. And we didn't have eggs at the time. We just seen them locally, and we said, sure, we'll try it. Yes. So we got one anyway. And uh, the first day we were filling it, and the lad working from me were looking at each other going, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> but it was actually a huge success. Yes. Probably to the fact that there was a, or mainly to the fact at the time, we're about two miles outside Roteau, on a country road, and it's a nice walk for people. So when lockdown hit, everyone was locked down to their five kilometres. Yeah. And a lot of people, even people that lived in Roteau, didn't even know the road existed. But when they discovered this road, and it was just at the right time that we put in the vending machine, that all of a sudden people realised that we're living in a farming area as well, as we're told, even though it's so highly populated nowadays.
4: And they purchased, and the rest is history. The rest is history.
6: So <laughs> then when when the strawberry season ended, we decided to keep the machine going, so we swapped it over to hens then, yeah. or to eggs more so. we got hens and started putting eggs in it. So now mm. we got a second machine and we do the eggs in one and the strawberries <laughs> in the other. <laughs>
4: <laughs> scrambled eggs with strawberries did you ever try it no <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't have always tried for the machine
6: <laughs> whatever are so the only one in Europe with strawberries in a vending machine the yeah, guy did thousand thousand
4: yeah there you go there you go a first for a oh, tote yeah. and for Simon Donnelly and the crew there so it's uh, all hands to the pumps from now into October
6: yeah so it's, it's pretty intense when you get going at the season because um, obviously you're planting you're trying to plant you're trying to pick um, you're trying to clear out houses, so we'll, mm. we'll take out a crop that we'll finish in a couple of weeks' time, we'll take that out at last house, and we'll plant outside next week, and then we'll carry all those bags into the glasshouse and get them going again. So you'll probably pick, generally we say about 60 days from planting to picking. Yeah, The centenary seems to be a little bit short, it might be seven weeks. Mm. So we're trying to juggle all that at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's intense during the summer, and we've a lot of grain as well then, well it won't say a lot, but We've grain to maintain that as well. When it comes to the harvest, it can be yes. stressful. Yes.
4: And who are you supplying? Shops in the what the Mead Kildare area? Is that your main? Yeah. Uh, so we've got we've great support locally from
6: the likes of Newbarn, Andrew and Newbarn is a very yes. good supporter, and then Shopland, then Healy's would be very good over the years. And now Hannans in Rathot have bought the Super Value, and they're a huge support along with Nally's. Then. Um, have a few supervisors around meeting and Kildare mm. and they'll go along with like the Centra yeah. in Rotope. But we have other guys who support it as well, then, what they will supply around Navan area and that with restaurants and that. Yeah. So we'd supply them and they'd supply around. like mm. you, can't be, you can't be going to every shop.
4: I know, I know, I know.
6: If someone, if someone else is supplying them, we're happy to supply them.
4: Yeah, yeah. You have a good, uh, good uh, customer base there, widespread and, and varied too. How do you like your strawberries?
6: Oh, I think they're the best but that's just me <laughs>
4: <laughs> and would you have anything with them or just eat the berries by themselves do you like them with fresh uh, cream I'd, ice cream what I'd have
6: ice cream yeah but I wouldn't um, I wouldn't eat that many during the day when you're yeah. working at them but I might walk through them maybe later in the evening when you're just checking over things like you have to check them on a daily basis because at the end of the day you're dealing with a bag of peat Yeah. so if you get three hours of sunshine that bag of peat dries out like mm. hell mm. or if you get like this morning a misty morning it just, you don't need to water them basically. Yes. It's, it, there's no drying. So you, you need to change everything with watering systems on a daily and maybe sometimes an hourly basis. Mm. So that's the time I try to eat maybe a few, but <laughs> as the season goes on, as you can gather, I'd be. <laughs> I'd be fairly sick to
4: look on a <laughs> <throw each. laughs> uh, Having you the life, going up there and picking your own fresh from the stem. Uh, but there, there is a real science, I know, involved in this and they take a lot of care and a lot of minding. Anyway, just wanted to say hello to you today as strawberry season really kicks in. Wish you well for the season ahead and thank you for joining me, Simon. Okay, thanks very much, Not That's all, take care of yourself. That's Simon Donnelly there, big strawberry grower near a tot in County Meath. It's back after a 6 year absence. What am I talking about? The Rockathon Festival. Fairyhouse Racecourse is the place to be this Saturday. Guns and Roses, Kiss, Nirvana, Iron Maiden, Foo Fighters, Queen, you name it, they'll all be there. Covered on Saturday in one of the biggest days of the year at the track never mind the racing it's all about rock music this week and we're going to talk about it for the next while it is the fourth time it's being staged it's a real family event and joining me first is Aidan McGuan. hello Aidan hey guys how you doing great thanks for joining me on the show this is your baby your idea tell us about the concept and where it came from initially
2: this is something that we put together there just for people out there who don't have Access to, to listening or going to festivals that they enjoy, listening to the music that they love. A lot of the bands and the acts that we have put on here on the stage on Saturday no longer are together um, and don't tour and show. So what we decided to do is we, we decided to cater for a rock community out there that aren't being catered for by the bigger promoters and put on a hell of a show for them
4: so in other words you know when i mentioned those names of classic rock bands there you know it's very hard to get to see those and they you know some of them come from time to time but you're bringing it all together in the one place you believe there's a huge appetite for this out there
2: there's an appetite for destruction out there. I'm telling you, all these artists are singing it. They want you to come. They want you to rock out. We've got a Queen band here that's going to blow you away. The ACDC tribute that are going to do the the, the finale, are go- they're sensational. I'm telling you, if you want a really good day, what we're doing is we're bringing the weather, we're bringing the rock music, um, and we're bringing the love. We want to people down here to support it. I can guarantee you when you get here you will not be disappointed. You're not going to know what hit you. You're going to be going home dazed and confused.
4: Aiden, you're right about the weather. You are bringing it because it's to be really good on Saturday and we've had such mixed weather these recent weeks. You must have done something. It must have been the vibe or the vibe is it from all these great acts? I've been rain dancing here for the last couple
2: of weeks. I've been calling, I've been talking to the weather gods and, and they've answered. So now I'm going to bring the rock gods for all the fans out there. They're going to love it. Listen, if you're anywhere else except Fairy House Racecourse this weekend, or something radically wrong
4: because we're bringing a show. Historically, take me back, because this is what, the fourth festival and there's been a gap of six years. Will you fill us in on, uh, on that scenario?
2: I'd like to fill in on that scenario, but my main focus is bringing a show this Saturday so there's no point in talking about the past. I'm facing forward. That's in my rear view mirror and we're going to have a really stonking show for you. Two years were COVID. I can't even remember the last time I was out. A load of the other people, everybody else here in the community can't remember the last time they were out. All we're about is having a safe, good time. We've got campsites there for people. Come early, take your time, be safe. Our main thing is that everybody has a good time and gets home safe, but we can guarantee you we're going to deliver a show that you will, you'll see nowhere else.
4: And it's a family event. I want to stress this as well. It's for all of the family. So youngsters, young teens, people who might know much about these uh, bands of yesteryear, they're going to really love it.
2: Yeah, well, look at it. Uh, Queen brought out a film last year and yep. then Iron Man with the ACDC. Mm. I think there's an appetite for it. Younger people are after being exposed to this and we just want to continue the culture. The music that we're playing here is the best. We have, you know, you're not going to see the likes of it again. The modern bands don't play the same. It's very commercial. We're all about the music. So, and that's what we're bringing to the fans. Under 12s are free. Anyone over 12 years of age has to be accompanied by a ticket-paying adult. But again, come down, have a show. Don't take my word for it, because I guarantee you it's going to be a great one.
4: What time do the gates open at? Yes,
2: sir, I'll tell you, I'll put you on to David there.
4: My yeah, yeah. Put me on to him. David O'Brien is with us now, the organiser. Hello, David.
2: Hello, is this live on
4: air? It's live on air. You are live on LMFM Radio. What time do your gates open at on Saturday?
2: We need to be careful here because David's on live on air. That might not be a safe thing to do. <laughs> all the fans are all the fans listening right now. <laughs> Tell us. I what want to, to say to every single one of you out there, <laughs> a Rocketon is the biggest and best event of 2022. Twelve o'clock, David. Twelve,
4: 12 o'clock. o'clock. 12 o'clock, we got, we got it at last. From the, it is, And I see from the line-up as well. Tell us about just a couple of them. For example, this Queen tribute has been talked about a lot.
2: He is the embodiment of Freddie Mercury. Really? I, I actually thought Freddie came back. It was just incredible what this guy does. Brian, went, he hits the stage, he's a showman. He's going to tantalise you. He wears really short shorts, you know, so there's something in the audience for absolutely everybody. And he's a few tricks up his
6: sleeve.
4: Hmm... Good, 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 good. So really you're gonna close your eyes and think it's Freddy.
6: This is this is not just a tribute festival, this is an experience
4: for
2: people. This will be different. Anybody a- who's been to Rockathon in the past,
4: yeah
6: this is taking up ten notches.
4: The uh, A C D boys, what about them? I E D C again, look at everybody
2: that we have here at this show are just they're professional musicians, mm. you know? They're not the real... They they may not be the actual ACDC, but the music that they play. If you stand, close your eyes and listen to the music, you'll be transported to a place where you'll think you're at a live concert. They're all professional musicians... And we need to push and support musicians in this time. Everybody's coming back. We want events back. We want people to get out there. Our priority is that people are safe, that they enjoy themselves, that we support small events, and we, we support the industry, especially the artists, because they've suffered immensely for the last two years. So these guys have had two years to get ready for you. E. They just want to sh- deliver a show, and I can guarantee you they're going to
3: do that.
4: Too true. And when I look across the lineup as well, it's ironic you're in County Meath in Fairy House, and when you look at the names there, many of them have appeared. On the big stage and uh, number one topping the bill at Slane in previous years and you're going to be able to relive those memories with these guys as well on saturday where do people buy tickets can you show up on the day and pay in at the gate what's the story lads
2: you can show up on the day for your tickets and if you want to buy tickets before it's www.rocketon.ie and you can buy tickets
0: i can... our, VIP, our vip is sold out right it's sold out minutes
4: Very good. and you know what I'm thinking here? I'm not thinking. I know it. I can smell the leather already, lads. I can smell it, even this distance away in the studio. Anyway, Saturday it is. Gates open at 12. Fairy House Racecourse. Huge line-up. You'll love the day. And the weather is to be brilliant. I wish you well.
6: Listen, we wish you well as
2: well, but we need to see you down here. We need to see the people down here, and anyone who's not here on Saturday is going to be missing out, and they're just going to get, get down to Ferry House. We're, we're accommodating everybody. We're showing the football. We're, we're, we're bringing everybody here on Saturday.
4: So, if you want to watch the footy, it'll be on the two big finals, rugby and uh, the Champions League, on the screen there as well. So, you won't miss out on that either, as well as enjoying the music. Let's finish off by hearing the one and only Queen. And don't forget, on Saturday at Fairy House, Brian Kevell is Freddie Mercury. Thanks, boys. Rock
1: it on! Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time Feel alive. The world, yeah, floating in ecstasy.
4: Freddie Mercury and Queen. Don't stop me now. There's no stopping them, boys, is there? Anyway, it's this Saturday, Fairy House Race Course. And again, to remind you, big screens for the footy and rugby, music on the main stage, camping available there. Check it out for tickets and more information, rockathon.ie. And genuinely it's going to be a cracking day on Saturday And that's all you need isn't it for the outdoors And a good luck to them all there It's been a, a while in the making as uh, we heard there With uh, lockdowns and Covid etc Hope they have a great day and a big turnout on Saturday Late launch LMFM Radio still to come on the show Horse trainer James McCauley will be with us uh, his horses made it onto the uh, roads round where he trains there in Dunall in North County Dublin he's going to talk to us about it. It was a very frightening situation and uh, of course I'll be going back to my soundtrack from The Greatest Showman for a wonderful song. Stay with us on Late Lunch.
7: Jerry. I have a case of uh, was it life imitating art here in the news? Okay. I don't know whether you saw it but a jury in Portland has convicted a self-published romance novelist who once wrote an essay called how to murder your husband of murdering our husband <laughs> basically so case. she wrote
4: the book or the story first
7: an essay yes
4: and mm-hmm. then it was fiction at that stage it became reality afterwards
7: she shot her husband shot 4 off. years ago did she mm, well that's what she's been convicted of as he pre- in 2018 as he prepared for work um at the Oregon culinary institute
4: So a question, as you said, of life mirroring art really is...
7: Yeah, you'd wonder, was the thought in her head when she wrote the essay or did the essay put the thought in her head... Or was it just a, you know, an impulse thing that happened?
4: I'd say they'll ban that essay now in the States. Watch, they'll ban it because of what happened. But you can have a semi-automatic rifle with all the ammunition you want in the world. Mm. The irony of it. You know, something like that will happen on on, on a serious blinking note. My God almighty, there you are. That's a story and a half, isn't it? It really is.
7: Mm. Yeah. Really? whatever goes on in her head would you I don't know she's now life imprisonment <laughs> that's obviously.
4: it she's gone now and won't be released she not uh. just leave him Oh, wouldn't that be the easier thing to do? It certainly would. It just shows you there's, there's there's people for everything. That's that's the when when you hear stories like that, it's 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 incredible. So it's really really incredible. Um, did you see the message coming in for Tia Carlin? Daniel wished her a happy birthday. The fifteenth, mm-hmm. but I didn't read the rest of it. It 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 comes in from Arthur. The Oscar, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. (laughs) It comes in from Arthur and Oscar, the dogs, two dogs, Brian and Sassy, the cats, Sid the cockatiel, and Maisie Moo and Mavis, the llamas. (laughs) There's
7: a lot going on there.
4: There's a lot going on in that house. Anyway, again, Daniel wished you a happy birthday, T, and we'll uh, head into news, uh, sport, and weather with this one just for you. It's Nelly Furtado. Happy birthday, Adrian Gallagher. He lives in Ardcalf, Slane. He has a substantial birthday, I'm told, today. And best wishes come in for you, Aidan, today from your mam, dad and Elizabeth. Have a good one. Now, it's time for the uh, soundtrack uh, this week. And my featured soundtrack is from the movie The Greatest Showman. And in my book, I have to say, there isn't a weak track on the album soundtrack. There's 11 of them in total. And I think all of them are just fantastic. They're of such a high standard. And it's no wonder the album has sold more than 7 million copies worldwide, that it won a Grammy in 2018 for Best Compilation Soundtrack. Again, no surprise. And a number of songs were subsequently released as singles from the album, including my selected track Today, which won Best Original Song at the Golden Globe Awards and was shortlisted for a Critics' Choice Movie Award. And nominated for Best Original Song at the 2018 Academy Awards. That's how good it is. In fact, this song has become an anthem for difference right across the globe. It's sung brilliantly by Kayla Settle. Yes, here is This Is Me. Simply brilliant, 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 brilliant. As I said, every track on that album is just sensational. It's difficult to pick five from the eleven to play each day during the week this week. That's a real testament to it. Yes, The Greatest Showman, my featured soundtrack on late lunch this week. Final break of the afternoon on the way. And we have a story for you, a story and a half. Yes, James McCauley, uh, horse trainer from the Knoll, is joining us on Tuesday. He's going to tell us the story. A number of his horses got out on the roads around the Knoll there. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, footage of it on social media. But the man himself is joining us next on Late Lunch. Great day on Tuesday for horse trainer James McCauley from the Knoll. His uh, mischief star won the first race at Garon Park in Kilkenny. But back home at the yard, things were quite different. James is on the line to tell us more. Hello, James. Good, How are you? I'm really good, indeed. Congratulations on the win. Fantastic to get a win, always in Garon. But take us back to the start of the day, Tuesday. All your horses—they were ridden out in the morning, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was just a normal day. We Got in, we got riding out early because we knew we had to go racing, and yeah, it was just a normal day. Horses went up to the paddocks. We, we, you know, the, the staff that were due to go racing went racing. The other staff stayed at home. And then, about 15 minutes, just as we were about to pack up, Mr. Star, we got a phone call to say that there was horses out on the road. At that stage, I didn't know they were mine, but there's not too many racehorse trainers around the area that, you know, though have that quantity of horses. So,
4: so the horses out. were out loose on the road. There were horses on the road. They didn't know that they were yours, but you suspected, as you say, you're the trainer in the area. What happened, James?
0: Something spooked them. I mean, the same horses have been going out to the field for two years, some of them even longer. Um, we, we don't know. We don't. One or two horses went and had a go at the gate anyway and, and burst it open and should have heard animals once one or two headed off and headed off and got competitive with themselves and, and content to, you know, just lob along. They, they took each other on and, and got racing, But by it looks at the video anyway.
4: So you had, what, 17 horses going full pelt on the country roads. I'm familiar with them all myself, round the roads there.
0: That's, the video definitely says that. I mean, I, I, I can't thank the, the locals enough, but I don't actually know how many, you know, I don't actually know which locals. I know some, but obviously there was a, a big effort from, from locals rounding them up and trying to stop them and that, but we don't actually, we don't know everybody yet anyway.
4: But you want to thank them today, anyone who no, intervened? For sure,
0: for sure, because, you know, half-ton animals coming down coming down the road, it's not, not easy to stop them, so it was a, a big effort for everybody to, to get them corralled into the field, and then locals brought them, back, brought them back to our yard for us as well, because I was stuck in Gowland Park, so, yeah, know there's a lot of thanks to be given, we just need to find out who, everybody that needs to, to receive them.
4: As you said, a half-ton animal at full belt, and seventeen of them. It's amazing. It's amazing that uh, there were no fatalities.
0: I, I honestly can't can't understand it. How they could go that distance and travel around the bends that they were travelling, and and just not meet anything. You know, mm-hmm. the, the roads around the Naule, be very popular for cyclists and yes. mothers walking walking prams with babies, and and then cars. You know. A, a, can't understand how they went that far and and never collided or anything so I know it was unfortunate that we lost two horses but I mean it's it pales in comparison to what could have
4: happened You honestly I'm sure had shivers running up and down your spine you know what they say someone's walking on my grave when you probably thought about what might have been
0: Well it it was so difficult when we were down there because the member of staff took after him I mean he ran down the lane and and ended up having to more or less hitchhike stop a car and jump in he was in that much of a rush; he had no phone, so you know it was difficult to get any communication. And then, then you were getting communication that, you know, some were found here, but others were were still missing. So, yeah, it was it was difficult to get all the information.
4: And two sadly had to uh, be put down because of what happened.
0: Yeah, it was more on your main ground. I mean, they yeah. came back, and you know, it just it would have been too hard on, on the horse themselves but there was no catastrophic injuries for them do you know what I mean they didn't come back with broken legs or broken bones yes. they, 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 it was just on humane grounds now it would have been too hard and too long a slog and the risk of serious infection setting in it, it was def, it was just going there on the, on the two horses
4: what about the rest of them will they need time to recuperate
0: yeah we were able to get four or five to the field today. all the feet are not off them as you can imagine from running up the road. so they're all very tender on their feet but we'll get four or five out so you look you'll give them a couple of weeks just to to get over the shock of it and that but I'd say those four or five they'll be able to start right out again maybe in two weeks or so mm-hmm. some I think, three or four have to go down to the vets now tomorrow they were too short to travel they'll have to go down now and get a couple of small tidy up jobs done um, but look the, the rest of the 15 will survive you know whether they all get the race again or not we'll have to see but the 15 will survive anyway and, if they don't, if they can't race, we'll get them good homes, and they live out their days hopefully in a more secure paddock than than they seem to get out of this time.
4: Of course, that's an issue you're addressing. I take it immediately that uh, something They're like this won't record, or, Yeah, they've,
0: they've been up there for years, I and mean, they actually broke part of the the post that, that held the gate together. You know, it was fully secure, but what's fully secure if a half-ton animal or two half-ton animals, you know, go and have a go at it? Mm. So
4: so you reckon something or other spooked them in the field? Something must have spooked
0: them. We have no idea what. Yeah. One local yeah. farmer said that there has been a stagger around the last couple of days. Now whether he, that would have been enough to yeah, to spook them, I don't know. But something, I mean, it's just completely out of character for for any of them. So mm. something spooked them to, to give the gate the belt that they gave it and. The rest then is, is history, as we say.
4: Well, look, thank God, James, there were no uh, h- human uh, casualties of this in, in any form whatsoever. It's a miracle, isn't it? It's a miracle.
0: Uh, I, I honestly can't. I mean, even to say that they didn't give a, a car a good belt, to go, yeah. even without hurting yeah. somebody. Like, they literally navigated themselves seven, eight kilometres and, and never collided or anything like that.
4: I just can't get my head around it. Mm, it's, an, it's, a, it's just something else. Anyway, well done to everybody uh, once again who helped out in in your absence and the worry you had coming back home to to face this. And uh, well done to all concerned. And thank God, all's well that it ends well. Brilliant. Thanks very much. John. Not at all. Thank you for joining me, James. <laughs> Take care all of yourself. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Bye-bye. James Macaulay there. Uh, if you have a look at the uh, footage on social media my god it is it's amazing so it is to see what happened but thank god nobody was hurt or injured now letting you know what's coming up on the show tomorrow afternoon Friday our final show of the week it's back our TV theme competition I have a lovely prize for that to give to one of you with your comedy on Friday it's timely and topical I promise you she's back with us in studio Margaret Madden brings us her book review and late lunch book club Rick Cronjay does the wine and David Sheehan has the sport. And we have the curious case of the gull and the bagel. We'll tell you about that tomorrow too. Have a good evening. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. But we leave you in the company of John Cougar Mellencamp and Jack and Diane. I love this one. Have a lovely Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow, 1.30. Bye.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low APR finance, and forty-eight hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra.